Welcome back to your Daily Dose. I'm Nick. On this episode, Bob and I discuss seeing the world through someone else's eyes. You can have a lot of experience in a particular topic, like presenting in front of an audience, or even playing video games. But there's always something new to learn, like about accessibility. Enjoy. I need glasses because I'm a blind man. Okay, you know something? I have to stop saying stuff like that. Uh, I did a presentation for a group called VSA, uh, which is the Visual Service Alliance. They work with organizations all across the country that help people who are visually impaired. Uh, And what made this group unique uh, was two things. One, uh, a number of my audience members were visually challenged or visually impaired. So I literally had to rework my entire presentation, ready for anything, to make it more visually easy to see. I mean, higher contrast, different colors, no gray. They they give you a whole guideline sheet. So I went Mm -hmm. through it and actually had my friend Kyle Shields, who uh, runs Lighthouse Central Florida, check out my presentation before I went on and said, hey, man, what do you think? Is, is this something that will work? And he's like, you're still going to have to describe all your pictures. But yes, the other thing that made this group so unique for me was when I presented to them, and I don't know how many people were in my audience, I couldn't see anybody. All I could see was myself on my computer. It's the first time I've done a keynote speech where I could literally not see my audience. And I felt like I was standing on the edge of a cliff, just like barking into the abyss. Uh, I mean, I put my energy into it and I could see whether I was happy on my own screen so I could manage it, but I've never had that experience where I could not feel the reaction. I couldn't see whether or not they were getting the points that I was making. I had to go on faith. And um, it it worked out well. I got some really positive feedback, but until that feedback, I had no idea. And I thought, this is is part of the the new formula, you know, being out there. So going back to your original statement, which is, you know, I I, I need glasses because I'm blind. Because I say that literally all the time. Yeah. Um, it gave you a different perspective on that. Oh yeah. Which is great. Oh yeah. And and the funny part is not really funny. I presented to one of the member organizations for VSA uh, a number of years ago in New York City, a group called Visions. They were a pro bono client uh, that I was gifted to them from a big national client I was working with. And I went in to do a keynote presentation as a gift to them and their staff, uh, not realizing the proportion of their staff that had visual challenges. And so I was really thrown off when somebody said, could you please describe what's on the screen? Because I can't see it. I'm surprised, Bob. It, you know, and the speaker in me is like worried about the rhythm of sure. my talk. But yeah. what's the use of the talk if they have no sense if, of what's going yeah, on in the screen absolutely. if it's not being described? So I adjusted my rhythm and I worked out the descriptions of it and apologized for not having come more prepared for that specific audience. And I had that in my hopper to ensure that when I went to this VSA, I was not going to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, I really wanted to make sure that I did some good work with them. And uh, by all accounts, we did all right. Nice. Uh, but it was definitely a different different kind of a trip, for sure. One way I got introduced to how little I knew about accessibility, especially visual accessibility, was going to a Tronicon at the Orlando Science Center, which is the yearly oh, like yeah. video game event that they have there. It's, I think, three days Um, And it's fantastic. I think it's over Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, if I remember correctly. Um, If they have it again this year, we'll see. Yeah, I hope they do. But, oh, of course. But a lot of little indie developers there. So we used to go, used to take the kids and and do all that. 
but there was a gentleman there and I interviewed him and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was creating a game for the visually impaired to use sound and you'd be able ah. to turn your head or turn the joystick or the keyboard, um, not turn it, but actually use it to steer based on the sound you were hearing. I love and it. so I got really into it, like just learning about it because it oh, yeah. never, again, I uh, fairly good eyes. I mean, I wear glasses and all that, but it never occurred to me that colorblindness was an issue when it came to game design. Right, right. That, you know, accessibility just in terms of the how big the uh, the words are on the right. screen. And I kind of knew a little bit about accessibility when it comes to the controller, but that's another way uh-huh. uh, that that's part of it. Um, and how big of a gaming community there is around people who have uh, needs that are uh, specific to visual impairment. It makes me, it really makes me wonder what kind of an experience and how different is the experience of, of a blind or near blind person uh, experience a video game that appeals to the senses that are strongest to them, right? I mean, is it a similar sense of joy and control and exploration of new worlds? I mean, I have to imagine that uh, you have to create something auditory, right? That, that, gives them a sense of something different Uh, or even you know haptics guess what those kinds of things i'm sure add to the three-dimensional effect of of games and stuff and my son is a video game uh software engineer he's into and he's into gameplay that's the part Mm -hmm. of the gaming that he's into is enhancing the play experience so this is curious i'm gonna have a conversation with him about this just because i'm sure he has some insights into it and uh and even if it's not a a large population, which I, I don't know the population of people who are visually impaired in the country, but um, interesting to see the variations. Yeah, and making it something that we can all experience in our own ways together because video games are enjoyable, mm-hmm. either as an escape or as a challenge or as any number of things. Yeah. I agree. I just got back into um, Breakout. Breakout. I, nice. I, I think we were talking about it and somehow it came up and I'm like, I remember being kind of addicted to that game. Yeah. And it's just because it's so mesmerizing. All you have to do is get that paddle where it needs to be so that that ball can hit the things you want it to hit. And it's like the simplicity of it is, is really intoxicating. Yeah. And there's thing. so much math to it. I think that's what really <laughs> appealed to you. About well, it. It, you know, there is. It's like the math in pool, right? Playing yeah. a game of pool. Angles. And, yeah, yeah. That's all. So, and knowing yeah. the speed and knowing the English that's on the ball. So, yeah. I, I, I'm completely full of science when I play these games. I am practically in a lab. That I yes, you're completely full of science, a hundred percent. Hi gang, it's Bob. The Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu once said that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. If this is true, I must be in a perpetual state of readiness, because teachers pop up in every corner of my life on a daily basis. It's the journey of a lifelong learner. It takes a little humility to really receive the lesson sometimes. But the reward is, I get to become a better someone. Until next time, open your eyes and your ears and your hearts and find the teachers all around you, my friends. Thanks for listening.